car and she wouldn't do it, she ran home. But he he was using his badge then. And we that, think that, we, that's on that podcast, isn't it? That's on the podcast. Um, that's Jennifer, but there are there are two others besides Jennifer that Jen there were not the police cameras on. Oh no, yeah. Jen's here. Everyone's everyone that cool. Jen's here. Oh, <laughs> I wonder why, Jen. You think it was recording you guys the whole time? I probably should look at this one. Oh, shit. She's been recording us talking about it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, this is, so let me show you Carol's house. I'm going to put this back on for a second. So I'm not, if I give Carol COVID, I'm Yeah, gonna... who's got the best background today? Let's have a look at everyone. How do I get my picture come out? Uh, it should. Audio. Activate audio. Uh, not no, audio. I, I'm video. What am I talking about? Video. The thing you might want is that the upper, um, upper, there's something called speaker view. Maybe that'll help. I'm not sure. But I'll try. This is Carol. Look, look at that mask, Jen. It looks like a, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah, I know. There's, can you see Deb, Deb and Tawny are over there? And then there's another crowd out. I'm going to show you them. There's another crowd. You having a roast? Here, let me show you the other crowd. <laughs> okay. Leave. Where have you got a roast in the oven, Jen? Or Carol's house. This is like, you can tell this was the, the they have a covered patio. So this is the like outside room, inside outside room. And then there's this squad in here. <laughs> That's Jane. Right. You've got a bit of crew there. And Rosie and Paul. Oh, and, wow. So. Sorry, this is a Zoom meeting. I'm just showing them who's all here. There's everybody. You guys all see. Hello, everyone. They, they were great to you guys if you want to come in. Bottles of Jaeger all over the table. I love it. All the folks. Oh, there we go. Do you guys see who's here? Who's out there? It's Larry Crompton. So, interesting day. Larry mm. Crompton's here. I might have to kill myself. Okay. Who's there? Sorry, Larry. I will tell you that Michelle had a chance to speak with him today. It went, it went like you might thought of gone. Like thought of gone. I thought it would have gone, um, but she feels very good about it. It was rough, and um, he was incredibly uncomfortable. But I'm so happy that Michelle had that moment. So these are the little things, right? The little things we have. Um, let's see. So we got we got to Sac State today. It was. Um, thank God, not so hot. And I know in the we all have sore throats from the smoke, though. But the um, the parking I was in the parking garage and I didn't want to go in. I was just like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I said, all of a sudden, um, I got in that ballroom. Well, first I was like mesmerized by that stupid drone. I put a picture of it on Twitter. Yeah. The drone, according to the sheriffs, who are like, who are you? And what do you want to know? That's welcome to Jim Rockford life. I'm Jim Rockford, I want to know. I ask, you answer my question. So the drone was awesome and was, it was noteworthy because it was so big. And he said, that's our super drone. And so, um, but it just, I had not really ever seen a drone like this one uh, before. And it, it, I tried to get another picture later, but it was just sizable, is all I'm saying. And it's a super drone. So then we went in, but what was so apparent almost immediately upon walking into the ballroom and anybody else who was there who's on this call and not coming to Carol's house right now, it was it was the most uplifting, like since the virus, honestly, you guys, since the virus and we've all been kind of separated from each other, I have not felt this kind of feeling in a room since we've all been sheltering in place. So more people are coming. Um, so um, I'm gonna move you guys over a little bit to like, and I'll get other people in here, but I'm just gonna fill you in a little bit. So, um, 
So yeah, the room was really, really awesome. And the energy was really amazing. And um, I'm online, video, so if you walk in here, you will be uh, online. You are welcome. I know. <laughs> it's like, no, don't put me on camera. Um, but so walking into that room, though, it was, dare I say, joy. Like, it, it just, I thought I haven't felt this good since the pandemic hit. The, I think it was just the universal feeling of freedom. And I hope for people who weren't able to be there and who've been on this journey, I hope you felt some of that today. I mean, yesterday was a good day for justice. Mark's right. It was a fantastic day for justice. But today was the day of just spiritual renewal, like just letting it go. I swear to God, the flowers really did look brighter outside. Yeah, we have a little lighter. So you guys, you guys are feeling I was just saying my, my heart is lighter today. Good. I, you know, the, 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 the sentencing was, I didn't know what to expect. Cheryl didn't really prepare me, but she said, you just want to be there. I thought listening to the different, different electeds. Now I'm just going to always remind you the district attorneys are the electeds. So they're always campaigning, which explains a lot of today. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that listening to the different electeds and how they come at it was really interesting. And then, and then, um, so I want to hear what you guys think. I'll tell, I don't I'll tell you what, Jen, I'd love to, love to get your thoughts on the cell footage of him climbing up on the table and then. Yeah. Okay. So that one, that one, I'm dying to hear what you guys think. I wanted to just, um, I don't want to bias your opinion of the family statements and D'Angelo's statement till I hear your opinions, because I don't want you to feel like you have an obligation to be nice or something. If I say something more moderate than you might expect. But I, I am interested in to know what you guys thought of those, of the, um, of the family statements. And, and then we will, Mark, for sure, talk about those jail things, because that was interesting. But of the family statements and his statement, please feel free to share. I, mean, I, I felt very, very, very sad for his family. Mm. Yeah, yeah. victims as well. Especially the niece who seemed to treat him like a dad, and he, he seemed to be the niece's hero. I thought that felt kind of weird. <laughs> I think personally, that's I did. From HBO, right? That had to be the. Yeah, it's the same one. I, I, it felt weird to me, for me personally, and I don't. That's I'll shut up on that. <laughs> I would say, um, like, I mean, I understand that they're grieving a loss, but that was not the place to talk about it. I mean, to no. me, if the families want to speak to make a statement that's fine. And I agree that they're also victims, but I think that the space for today should have been, we are so sorry that this member of our family did this. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm well, sorry. It but... sounded like it could have been like they're giving a uh, eulogy. Good I mean, references or something. Eulogy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really reference. not that bad. Uncle Joe. No, I, I felt it was inappropriate. I mean, I did. It, I, yeah. It sounded like they were giving him a good character reference for, yeah. you know, like a job interview or something. It's like, yeah. dude, like, all that's wiped off the table at the end of the day. Like, you know, it was weird. That the niece, was. And it's like what you thought he was, you, you, your sad reality is that you thought everyone else in your life up until that point was terrible. Well, you've just found out the one person you actually thought was a good person isn't a good person. So, you know, like they've got some serious... Come here, baby. Show your face. I'm listening to you too. Show your face, yeah. girl. That valid sentiment, but probably the wrong time. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. Oh, Hi, Carol. These Hi, are all together. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. And love And look at all those happy Is that not the best thing ever? Everybody has a happy Is that not the best thing ever? Like she's like, yeah, she's beaming. She's always beautiful, but I'm still not forgiven for taking the picture of her and Carol together because my mom said thanks a lot for making me look really old. Uh, so, I think that jail cell was too nice for him. Well, yeah. So, so interestingly, so in terms of legal process, it's it is always the time when the defendant gets to have his the, the people who and I'll give you an example of the of the people who love the person come and speak to them. You have to be able in your mind. Then this is the this is the hard job. If if it weren't him, if it were someone else, let's say it's your kid and. He fucked up, but you know he's trying to kick a uh, Adderall and still in his system, and he makes bad decisions. You'd want to say that kind of thing, right? You'd want to tell the judge, "Look, I understand what he did was bad, but I, I need you to understand the context." So, so there's always this phase of sentencing where the family can say things. For me, what I thought was really interesting is that I did not expect to find out that he had been loved. I, I did expect that maybe the daughters had loved him because that's almost like an ob obligatory love, right? That's You can't fight that one until you consciously decide I don't love him anymore. That one just is inherently there. But I did not expect that other people, including his sister, would express their love. And I immediately thought, this is even worse now because he is unable to feel love as nourishment and, is, and to feel love as positive reinforcement for good behavior, right? He actually has love which is like the thing that sustains us all and he's not sustained by it. In fact, he kind of didn't care because he kept making the wrong choice. So I thought it was really interesting. Their pain has to be, I've talked with Carrie, is she's actually, Carrie's having PTSD, is she going through this? Carrie Rawson, because she said this is too close to her dad. This, these feelings and this, that paradox of like, that's my dad, that's a horrible, horrible serial killer. She's struggling. So we're actually finding out. I'm going to talk a little later. She just needs to get herself together. But she said this case has been incredible in that regard. And I, and I guess we saw it today as we heard from those people. Uh, Jennifer, um, yeah. I, I do have a question for you. I listened to your, I hadn't had a chance before to listen to your statement and your victim statement. And it was really incredible. And I, I wrote a note to you, so I won't go into, but I wrote a long note to you on Facebook, a pu public note. Um, but um, in your, you had mentioned something about that, um, you know, as his privilege that he, he probably wouldn't be put in with the rest of the, the prison population. Do you know that? Or, yeah. If you oh, even go back in the podcast, you'll find out how metric, driven the Department of Corrections is. In a, in a weird way, it kind of makes sense because if they started to listen to all the bias on both sides, it would confuse them. So they've turned it into an incredibly metric-driven process. So as you understand it, it all has to do with the points he has. Well, what the judge made sure of today, and frankly, the prosecutors did this before today, is they made sure he would always be at the maximum points. So then with good behavior, your points go down. And in and in some cases, it can go down enough that you can get then move to a lower uh, security facility. So in this case, they wanted to make sure he had the maximum points. And then I think the victims did a really good job of saying, make sure that you no know, comforts, no, no special considerations that he is well. Which is, by the way, a brilliant segue to the video that we saw 
and I will tell you from a survivor standpoint or victim standpoint, we've been so, I'll just name it, jerked around with everybody's story about him from he's bad and mumbling and talking to himself to he's just fine to, oh my God, you know, look how frail he looks to, no, 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 it's all a ruse. It felt so good yeah. to just be validated that, yeah. and, I, and the thing is- Big Ed survivors recognized his gait. The way he walked around in this cell, did some, did some survivors even go, I, I remember that gait now. No, it, it, it really showed, it didn't need words, right? We didn't need drama, but we saw two things. I thought it was fascinating. We saw the preference for no light. And so yeah. I love my um, Greg Totten's statement even more about darkness and light because that is mm -hmm. a powerful part of this whole story, right? This, I hate the light. And, and then to also see that without words or without any kind of bias at all, it's just, he's fine. He's tooling around. You got a plan? Yeah. And that's, that looks almost like what ag said or um protect ad said being administrative segregation right Donna, or uh um what the hell, uh protective custody looks like so the the word is county jails are supposedly worse and i don't know on what scale we're measuring but the county jails are supposed to be worse than california state prisons california state prisons are supposed to be superior to federal prisons in terms of your ease of doing time. But California prisons are also incredibly, I guess, violent. I'll go with what it is, violent, because they're highly segregated in terms of race and gangs and things. Federal prisons aren't quite the same in that way. So you're a little safer from that kind of nonsense at a federal prison, but at federal prisons, they're unforgiving and you don't get any extra. And I only know that because I have a friend in federal prison. So he will be at Sac County, for an indeterminate amount of time, and, and Mr. Todd spoke to that, it's really a, a byproduct of the virus. So he'll be there for an indeterminate amount of time, but I don't care because honestly, you guys, none of us have to live on his schedule anymore, right? There's no trial, there's no we're free. We can now figure out how to make this better for everybody. And, and we still have work to do to get all those victims who were not represented today. And in a weird way, what he said to me to what I heard when he apologized, and I don't care how terse it was or unprovocative. I'm glad he wasn't provocative personally, but I, I feel like when he had brought, when he widely apologized, it includes everyone else, Susan. It includes everyone else, Sandra. It was all of you people that were not given a seat in that room today, which still, I still have a hard time with, honestly. I, I still have a hard time. That Thank, you. Thank you. I just know that, that yeah, I felt like he that apology covered. Everybody's yapping now, so we're getting. I don't. I don't know if I can get. So in. I got a comment. So when the DA was starting to show those clips of him in a cell, I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, are they going to show him masturbating?" <laughs> <laughs> Who went and got popcorn? Come on. <laughs> You wouldn't have seen much, would you? There's not much to see by all accounts. But I think the fact that he did put on an act of being feeble also speaks to the fact that he must not be so extreme. I mean, how sorry is he if he was putting on an act for himself? No, uh, when he actually no. was an able person, he would have shown up as who he is if. Um, I think he's sorry that he was, when he was arrested for shoplifting. He did the same thing. He feigned a heart attack. 
So in uh, it, did you I think the victim statements pushed him over into probably feeling bad? I mean, that's as much as he's capable of. No, no. I also I imagined he could have been apologizing to his family, not at all. That's what I thought. Like, that's what I was going to say. Those people, which I think he's, I think he's zoned out for the impact statements. Unfortunately, I no. think he's zoned out. He didn't say who he was apologizing to, did he? He just said, "I'm sorry." He didn't say yeah. who. Right. Exactly. Sorry. He may be sorry that he hurt. No, he, he apologized for hurting people. He didn't apologize for the act. No, right. no. And everybody's sorry when they get caught. Exactly. exactly. You know, but if they don't get caught, they're not so sorry. I don't think he was sorry at all. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think he was sorry. I think that was an act. No, I think you're right. It, I mean, more it was, more I'm just glad it was like eight words, right? Like, thank God. And the yeah. thing I thought was more interesting is how he inflated himself. And if you didn't notice, he came from his concave shell and he was able to absolutely his shoulders broadened yeah he took in a big breath he pulled up his pants he like he like entered his body is really what it looked like to me i'm like yeah, it, it was a real surreal moment when he spoke it was surreal when he spoke it, i yeah. never imagined it no he has voice I think well, he's capable why do you of humiliation he's... and anger, but he's not capable of remorse. Why do you think he went down the route of acting all pathetic and weird? Why would he do? Why? What was he? I know he's not. But I normal, think it's sympathy for his. Why would he do it? I think he's just a coward and trying. He's a manipulator. You know, I do improv, and I think that you're all when you do improv, you're always thinking of your creative choices. And I think he didn't have a lot of creative choices, but feeble, frail, maybe incompetent to some extent. I still, I still a little bit wonder if he is competent. Because I do. I think also he's somebody that's so used to being in control. He spent his whole life being in control. Yeah. So when that was taken away from him after being arrested, the only thing he has control over at all is his own behavior. Totally. Exactly. And I think at times he might, it seemed to me, early in the trial that may, maybe he was medicated yes definitely definitely he was, was. The beginning. no he was not medicated you know that he was oh no, he looked that, totally first, so day, that first first day they had, and i don't even know if they medicated him that morning he was he had been medicated yeah to calm yeah. down he hit himself on the head when he was in in the cell or something yeah. <laughs> he was trying to hit his head on the cell that was yeah, the day that the arrest. Yeah, that was when he was yeah. That's when they medicated him. That was the day of the arrest, right? Right. And again, not inflicted by the police, self-inflicted, but okay. whatever. But apparently, it was a padded wall that you ran into. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I thought that it was really interesting that he couldn't stand up when the judge, you know, entered at the beginning, yeah. and everybody would rise and he would just sit there. But then when he got his opportunity to to say something, he just kind of like stood up, no problem. Yeah. Like like Jen said, just came, he came into his body. I was like, it just was. It was. I just thought that was ironic. It looked like a whole different person almost. Indeed. I watched that cell. I've just watched that cell, Jen. That cell footage just before I come on the Zoom, and I was like, okay, he's fiddling around with something, and then he just gets for an old man. He gets up on that table in seconds and we were just saying before you came on what on earth was he like in his prime 
how oh, agile was he? How strong was he? How just agility? I mean, just to do that as and as you say, cover the light again. He's still in there, isn't he? He is still in there, man. Does he have a computer in his cell? No, no. no. What was that white box? Was that a printer? What was that big white box? Oh, it looked like an archive box to me. It looked like an it archive. Might be, it might be his papers. It might be his legal papers. I'll see okay. if I can find out. I, I mean, we're kind of all, it's funny, all of a sudden, all the prosecutors relax. They're chatting, hearing more information. You can tell by Emery's de demeanor as well. She was just like, oh, you want to talk shit? Like, let's talk shit. Are they going to so, release their interrogation or what? So I don't know the plan. I don't know how much I can say. <laughs> I have, a couple of have a couple of drinks and then come back. Yeah. Why, can't, why can't you say anything? Um, because some stuff, because okay, without saying something, you guys can all get it without me saying it. Do you we get it? What if this wasn't the finale? Okay, thank you. Hello. That's what? what we were wondering. Jen, um, what have you just done to us? Mm -hmm. you know. <gasps> Drop the mic. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything. No. I cannot bring anything forward to explain that. Yeah. I'm just going to say, what if? Zodiac? I'll just go crazy in your brains because God knows I have. Oh, maybe. So, what you're, so let, me, let, me, let me unpack that. What you're saying is, what if this isn't the end right. of, of the whole deal? Right. Okay. What if he's confessed to something else in those interrogations? Oh. Or what if he's implicated other people as well? Yeah, this is this is about as cagey as I'm ever going to get. But yeah, and I like this perhaps, game. Carry there's on. perhaps a lot more DNA out there that could still be matched. We know you are killing us. Just for the record, we know. Yeah, that you literally are. We're not going to sleep now. Thanks. Many of your players, there's. I mean, we're talking about 40 years, 40 years and, and back there. Like, we're talking about a long time ago when things are really different. And I don't, you know, what, how many crimes aren't, don't have associates? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just speculating that too. That's what I thought about. I'm just like, wow. Uh, mm. I don't know. Jennifer, can you speak at all to like whether or not they ever found anything at all in his home? Yeah. So I just actually speaking of that. So I, I haven't seen the photos yet. Um, but I just talked with the office. Oh, I just took his card out of my wallet. That's Karen's husband. Um, I don't know if he knows what I'm doing. Um, anyway, I, uh, so when it, when it comes to that evidence, I just spoke with the guy who's been doing the pictures of the jewelry. And I said, I don't really care about the jewelry, but I care about the Bible verse. There's a Bible verse on one of those photographs. He goes, I don't think I'm doing that. I go, no, I don't think you are. I think the other guy did. You got to go find me that Bible verse. I need to know that Bible verse. So he's specifically on a mission with my email address to go find that Bible verse and tell us what it said so that maybe we can start to understand spiritually. I also have one other um, very cool artifact that the person who gave it to me is, is I'm going to say 99% sure he left it in her home. Mm -hmm. And it is some um, scripture that has been underlined, and I want to share that with you guys. But after this, I wanted things to calm down. There's a lot of cool stuff to go back to. I have some music from Rosebud I want to share with you. Like, there's a lot of stuff I got to still do. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring all that forward shortly. But um, we're going to get that Bible first. Then all you people that are experts on the Word of God, and I mean literally understanding the words and and where they are and how what they mean at that point in the book, because I know 
I'm Jewish, it's Old Testament land for me, hell and brimstone, you know, but, but the idea of understanding what this means, I would love to get people's opinions on it and what they see. That would be really interesting to me. So we'll get the, I'll get that up so y'all can give me your uh, analysis. I think it's okay. So Jennifer, we're not ending Zoom today, are we? You're going to be continuing on with Zoom for many, many months. Let's, let's keep the, I, okay, I got really good feedback from the survey. Thank you. You guys were wonderful. And if you haven't taken the survey yet, um, I'll oh. send out the link or something. I think it's on, uh, I think it's on the Lawyer's Daughter's Facebook Okay. It's a Zoom. I put up a survey, a Survey Monkey thing that I just wanted to get feedback from you guys if I keep going or not. Because I'm like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, then, then, which I meant, I meant that sign in MASH for those of you who watch MASH. You know, yes, like, please keep doing the Zooms. <laughs> I, these are, I really, I freaking love these because I love all of us talking. So, yeah, I think we should do Zooms because I think. It, it, you guys bring in your opinions and your what you're seeing has been invaluable to me. You guys make me sound so smart. I'm like instantly repeating something that you said when I when I'm talking to people because I'm hearing this collective consciousness. So I really I really have appreciated that and thank you for making me look smart. Um, oh, I have a very you are smart thing. Oh, thank you. I have a very important thing I need to say, which is to correct the record, which is that Jill did not turn me into the police. You're not going to freaking believe what happened. What? It's not the one who turned me into the police, even though I was convinced of it. So I need to, I owe her apology for that, but she didn't turn me into the police. No, you don't owe her an apology. Is that the one who stood up and no, right before you? No, please do not. Okay, no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize to her, but I want you guys to know, because I, it's okay. important that the truth. That's different, that's okay. different. Okay. So what did happen, which is, <laughs> now you're gonna know more about me than you need to know. At, back in Ventura at that time, I worked at the Ventura Theater. And that's, if you've ever heard somebody call me Henny Squid anywhere in public, Henny Squid was my nickname. And my friend Kari used to yell that out from the balcony at the Ventura Theater when people were watching the movie just to, because we were teenagers and assholes. So, um, but the big thing about the Ventura Theater that was so cool is that the guy next door owned the bookstore, that owned the bookstore was our trigonometry teacher. Now in 1980, 79, he was our trade teacher. He was also gay. Nobody knew that, but we did. Um, he let a few of us students know that. And also at the theater, he'd come over when we were working, because that's why you work at a theater. So you can do your homework, right? And also have fun. We would um, smoke marijuana and do trig, <laughs> which is probably why it's gone in my brain. I don't remember trigonometry to save my life. But apparently I went, the first place I went that Monday, which I didn't realize was I went to Kent's store. It's called the Ventura Bookstore. It was like the land, it was like any town has, you know, we have the Santa Cruz bookshop, like kind of that anchor store, bookstore back then that belonged to the town. And so I went there and I do remember that he was incredibly supportive and he was like one of those adults I could trust and I felt like knew me. And so apparently in the store that day, there was a customer and they saw that I came in and immediately started talking about this. And I said something and I know, I bet I know what I said. Because I was still incredulous, like, oh my God, I had already heard people mention me somewhere, you know, like kind of that, can you imagine me riding my moped up there with a log under my arm? Because that's how like insane it was to me. I suspect the customer heard that and they called the police and that's how they jumped on me that first day so quickly. They thought they had a spontaneous confession from me in the Ventura bookstore, which if Kent were here right now, he would be laughing so hard. But he passed away from AIDS, HIV, bullshit. 
Um, so uh, we lost him. He was wonderful, wonderful man. He saw kids who for who they were, which I have to say was amazing. How'd you find out, Jen? I went to Cheryl and I asked her this morning. Oh. I said, I need to know because it's really important to know the truth. She also apologized to me. Are you going to come on Zoom? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change seats for a minute. Where'd she go? Yeah. Oh. She didn't really disappear. She wanted to let me sit down for a minute. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi. I'm Debbie. Hello. Why did you get here? Hi, Debbie. How's Debbie. How's everybody? It's your team. Very good. Good. Thanks. Good to see you. And by the way, you have a fabulous haircut. And every time I see it, I'm like, she's so pretty with that haircut. Can you guys do a favor? Because there are so many faces right there. I don't know who's talking. So when you're speaking, hold your hand up next to your face so I know who it is. Do you mind? It's it's Nat, and I don't have a picture on here. I don't have a video. Ah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the face. Okay. I'm the faceless. But you're just, that haircut, I just love it, and you're just so adorable. Hey Clifford, you never said that to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mark, your haircut's great. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. it's adorable, Mark. <laughs> Oh, this is so cool. I, that. I see some faces yeah, I recognize. This is hairstyle by COVID. Hi, Margie. Jen. Jen, it's Carol. I'm here. Jen, she's, she's listening. So I have to laugh because all of these people are telling you not to apologize to Jill, and, and they're all negative towards her. So I am so glad that everybody is in your corner because you and I know how she really is. So I am glad that they have realized what type of person she is. Oh, thank you, Carol. Thank you. That's Charlie's cousin for everybody who's listening. Very cool. I thought that she uh, showed her colors when she didn't ever – mentioned Jen. I was like, what the hell? Absolutely. Like, Why would you do that in that situation? Why would you, what? I just can't, that, I can't get that through my head is why would you intentionally humiliate someone at such an important time in their life? It's, that's horrendous. Absolutely. Because sometimes horrendous. life is really meta. <laughs> well, I can I say, that is, that let me say, as someone, I'm 10 years older than um, Jen, but as someone who's, who was, we live in a cancel culture, that's the new lingo, someone who was canceled by her family um, all her life and has been canceled now by my siblings, um, it was always about the brothers in my family, and um, I can relate so well to Jen, and it... Um, Thank you. Thank um, you. It is, um, there is no feeling like it in the world. And um, my heart broke for you yesterday, Jen, in a way you'll never know. Yeah, you will, you'll know. And there, it, it's, it's despicable and there is no, so there's no reason for it. And it's just, it's, it's just, she, you do not owe her an apology and for her to do that was just salt in the wound and I was so mad. So Debbie, what yeah. do you think of him speaking today? <laughs> I thought he really missed 
a golden opportunity because he could have said something that was meaningful and heartfelt and legitimate and, and actually demonstrated remorse on some level. And I, and he blew it. He totally blew it. He showed his true colors. Uh, yeah. the, the mask, the mask remains. He told us what, uh, what he thinks we wanted to hear. And, um, yeah, he just blew it. But wasn't it interesting how he just immediately, the act just went away. I mean, he was clear spoken. He just stood up, you know, very confidently. It, it was really something. It was. Oh, you lost your back. I, I'm used to that little, that little raspy high whispery. Bit. And suddenly this, this bass baritone booming voice that yet rang so hollow. I mean, oh my God. Yeah, and it's exactly what we always knew. I, I always knew that he had it in him. We knew he could stand up straight and act like a man. We knew he could speak like a man. Uh, and all this time, he's been afraid to do that. And then on the one chance he does, that, that he does have to stand up and act like a man and speak like a man, and he just he flushed it down the toilet. But when you think about it, the whole good time he he okay. So through all the the victim statements and everything, you know, it it continued to chew away at him being a man that he was not a man really. Well, it, uh, and yeah, and so yeah. at the end, this is his chance in a way to show to the public, I'm a big strong man. Completely agree, Susan. Also, the whole time he did put in the app, but the act wasn't working. He, what he did, you know, the murders, but the rapes also were more, um, as they say, more the um, the fear, the terrorism of it was what was in those rapes. And um, so when they, when through all the statements, he is. The small penis, the little man, the this monster is is actually this puny guy, and the statements like that. Everything was cutting away, cutting away, cutting away. That this guy was nothing, and they were very effective, and the women showing their power. And so after it's all over, his final act is to show up. I, you know, I am the man. I am the man. <laughs> so that's the final vision that you see. Nice, tr nice try on his. It was nice the try. most pointless yeah. last stand since Colonel Custard. True, <laughs> you got it, you guys. Did anybody else? Was anybody else sort of gagged by the irony of the fact that his family statements about him talked about all those day-to-day -day things that families do value and love and look forward to, and the times, the holidays, and the kids. And that's what he took away from everyone else. And and yet, so those are the things that matter to him. To me, it made it all the more terrible yeah. to know that he valued those things and knew what he was taking away from other people and took them away anyway. It didn't make me feel more empathic for him. It made me angrier that those are the things that he it's knew it. mattered. Was well, it telling that, that his daughters did not say anything? His daughters did not give any statements. No. Right. I've disagreed with quite a lot of people. Do you think it's a possibility? I know it's really rare to have like some kind of multi-personality disorder. But when this family talk about how loving he was and how, do you think that maybe not a personality, but a different entity to him? Where no, that's ex no, I know. Mask on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I've known some sociopaths and that's the, the, the brilliance and the gift of being a yeah. sociopath 
is there is no tell. It's like that, you know, why they would make wonderful poker players. There isn't something to give them away because there is not that inner yeah, uh, conscience that, that I thought George Judge Bowman had a wonderful quote about how the the the, the man without a soul thinks that the soul is mm. the I can't remember where to put it but the you know the tragic Achilles heel of the rest of us and how we look with such horror at the person that doesn't have a soul but he that's what he thinks is oh you poor idiots that are burdened with a soul that you actually give a good goddamn about Just to from one extreme. Like I love, he quite clearly did, as Jen said, he did feel love and all this business. But then he went to the other extreme of torturing and killing people. It's maybe it's I don't like know that he felt it. By the way, it's available to him. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, you mean, yeah. He he experienced. Sorry, Alicia, I didn't mean. Somebody. I think as people, you can compartmentalize different aspects of your life. But I That's think the one I was looking for. from him, I think it must be like this whole other level of being able to say. This was a part of my life, but my family and loving my family is another part of my life. You know, it's, it's a compartmentalized thing. Yeah. Jan, they don't love, they covet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jan. If anyone read Jim Huddle's book, he said that Jim, that uh, Joe, like when they would have the family dinners and the family parties, that Joe would not go to them. So, when the family was talking about, you know, all these wonderful day-to-day -day things that he did, I don't know about that. And also, yeah, um, Jim Huddle just yesterday, I was texting with him. He has not talked to Sharon Huddle since the week of the arrest. Wow. Closeness in that family? I don't think so. Something's up there. Something's up there. And what did I hear that she was at... Someone went to a divorce proceeding and she oh, was yeah. there and laughing. she was laughing at Jen, the people. Jen and did that. Just... Yeah, Jen was there. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes she was. Jen? Yes, she Jen. was. Yeah, she was at the thing and she was laughing. Hey, there you go. Your microphone's okay. somehow weird. Uh, Mine know. is. There you go. That's better. I was at the divorce. She was laughing at the victims and her bullshit statement yesterday angered me and a lot of other people her statement oh, yeah. her statement she made yesterday was all about herself not about the victims it was all about oh, I, 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 me 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 narcissist she's a narcissist she doesn't care about anybody else but herself she sickens me i feel like walking over to her house and slapping her in the face i'm done with her <laughs> i'm not kidding you i'm not I kidding love it. i she love it me. and yes i was at her stupid divorce and she has a horrible reputation here in Placer County with all the other um, family law attorneys, too. So they're talking about it as well. That's right. I have a best friend that's a family law attorney in Sacramento, and um, she, she won't take cases if Huddle is on the other side. And this has gone right. on for years. She's been a nemesis oh, because right. she, right, she gets the bills way up. She's a freak. She, um, there's a lot known amongst the attorneys about this woman. And the first text when my friend and I spoke, we, we've been friends since 17 years old. She's an attorney now in Sacramento, family law. And, yeah, uh, and the, she, she said, she, the first thing I didn't say anything, she said, I wouldn't be surprised if she knew something about it. I think well, she, um, there was also, um, what she told me was in a court, 
she was sitting in the audience waiting for her turn and someone is, was up getting a restraining order and some her terrible abusive person and she was laughing. Yeah, I was there in person. That's what I saw. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, and I will tell you this, there were maybe 10 people maximum in that court. This is a huge courtroom with only 10 people. It's nothing like you're seeing in Sacramento, okay? This is out in the sticks. So it's not like, oh, gee, there were 200 people and she could have been laughing at anyone. That is not what happened. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. And the attorneys in Placer County who talk about her not working with them because most of the attorneys will call the other attorney and work it out. She refuses to do that. She drags every single client through um, long years of litigation proceedings to make money. So um, everything Susan just said is true about her. Yes. Yeah. And everything you just said, my friend told me as well. Yeah. So there, there you go. So they sound like a perfect match. Yeah. Never Jan, know what Carol. next, right? Never know. It really does make you wonder if she suspected. Yeah. Uh, even though, I don't know, I, I thought her statement yesterday was, was disingenuous because she was you know, she's talking about she can't trust people anymore. Well, there's only one person. You know, there's well, only one person. You know. No, but the problem right. is we live in this weird cancel culture where people think now that they're supposed to go out and right the wrongs on their own. And so I do expect that she's probably been threatened. I mean, he terrorized this whole house. So I also think I also think she wanted to cover her ass. Noticing that statement, she said, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I didn't know. So she, it was completely self-serving. It's crass yeah. and be a narcissist. I'm done with that. Jen, are you suggesting she might be tainting a future jury? <laughs> I can oh, see Jen, you've got to stop these tidbits, Jen. Jen, you've got to stop these tidbits. There's something there, isn't there? There's something it's there. It's merely an observation. Oh, Jen, man, come on. I don't God. know anything. I'm just saying, I too read tea leaves. Observe away, my dear. You read tea leaves? Jan, I, I have a question. Like some of the victims have said that they heard a female. So I'm just thinking, so that just makes No. Actually, that was Victor's friends. <clears throat> Remember? Oh, okay. Remember? Coming up to the door. Okay. Yeah, knocking on the door. We all thought that, oh, that proves that there was an accomplice or, you know, and there was a woman involved, but those were Victor's friends. And then remember he said that they said that there was a cop car parked in the church parking lot. And okay, that it was a Sacramento County cop car. It was not a Sacramento County Correct. So yeah, but Sharon hid it from her own children that their father used to be a cop. So what else did she hide in? Well, yeah, what else did she hide on his behalf? His money. Oh, she, was she the money part interesting today? The money bit was fascinating. The fact oh, that she. Good, yeah, I remember you said money. That was so remember that. Who was saying? Go ahead, somebody. Someone's speaker's not working. Yeah, they, they said just about the, um, that the one, what I heard was the one case, um, <laughs> no. be entitled to, um, which is fine, you know, that's not. Seriously, that's if there was one case that I want to just be like, my that heart, was right? Michelle's. it was yeah. now, and, and it's like, okay, if, 
I mean, when Shelly said I, there was- I hope she can get Heartbreaking for Yeah, so it just, I can't get past the violence. I, I just deep in your lungs, like, ugh. So, yeah, when he said Janelle could potentially get some restitution, I was like, I mean, I, don't, I know that the well is dry, but I also like that he imposed fines. I thought that was like, oh, you can do that. That's really cool. I didn't, I mean, at least it's- Maybe, depending on what what's under the covers with what the wife knew and when she transferred the money, sometimes that's an important element when someone trans, the point when someone transfers money, what do they know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's in it. That's uh, always in all cases that money is involved in recover the point when they transfer the money and what their knowledge was at that time. Does have some, Absolutely. Um, so I bet it was, I bet it's the first right. thing she did as a, as an attorney, the very first thing that would have come into her mind after hearing he was arrested for this mm -hmm. would be I'm protecting myself and my daughters and I'm going to take, I want that pension. I want the house. I'm sure that was the very first thing that she did within a matter of a few days. Oh, just yeah. as, just as a little interesting aside, if I could, Susan, you're, you're absolutely right about trying to protect his assets. I just, I'm a law student right now and I just finished taking a class in community property taught by Judge Bowman. And I kid you not, he's my, he's wow. my law Lucky you. Property, and so he was talking about hiding those assets when you're when you're going through something like this. Um, how does it remain community property? Can someone get to it? So that was sort of wait, wait, wait. What's the takeaway? It, it, he can hide them. Well, it was it was still community property because they were still married See, at the time when he was sure arrested. It's not true. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Was I mean, the again, wife's name on the deed to the house even? Maybe Joe never I let her out. Whether it doesn't matter. See, that's the thing that Judge Bowman taught us is it doesn't matter whose name is on the deed if it's community property and it's assumed to be community property where people are married. So I mean, I don't know the details of the case, and the answer is always it depends because you know you have to see all those facts and details. And I'm just a law student still, but. Um, he was my professor who actually taught about how you can uh, go after the, the community property portion of, of D'Angelo's assets, even though uh, he, you know, they sold it and whatever. When he was arrested, he's, uh, even though she may have owned half that house, he owned the other part of it. Anyway, so it's, it's interesting to think that they can still go after some of those assets, perhaps. They can sure try. Regina, you have to just jump in, baby. Jan, I have a question. Can't you just, can't you just, I mean, at one some point, or Jan? hopefully a while ago, they can sign off on the property so that they have absolutely no interest in it because that's what I did when I got married. I made sure that, that my property was written off and there was a, a release so they, they couldn't touch it if something happened Disclaimer. there. We'll have to see what the details there are, but with restitution and if while they were still married, there's probably a good presumption. Anyway, they, they could certainly argue the presumption that that's still community property and they get to get their hands on at least half of it. Also, I, I'm seeing that there's a chat going on as well about potentially Shan being one of his victims. That's not off the table. That could be true. I, I, that what is who was one of the victims? That it, she was one of his victims in that maybe domestic abuse, uh, threatening the children. But there's all kinds of scenarios you could run in your mind that 
would put her in a position where she would need to comply for the safety of her daughters. I would probably comply for the safety of my children's kids if they're little, be different as they got older. But so we don't know. We don't know. I, I'm kind of sad. I don't like to judge, but I'm a little bit satisfied judging because I just know she's not stupid. That's the he one got his heartbroken by Bonnie, and then he seems to have met a absolute. How can I describe it? Very interesting. So maybe. You know, maybe he met her at exactly the wrong time, and maybe her behaviour had an effect on him doing what he did. You just—it could work both ways, couldn't it? I suppose. So I'm very prompt. Read my lips. Very prompt. Right there. Did you guys have to go through metal detector to get into those quote courtrooms? No, we didn't because there aren't any at Sac State. I'm gonna. Um, I'm putting something in the chat. Yeah, right but here. they. Yeah, but they wanded us. They make us stand with our hands out and they run the wand up and down the front oh. and the back of us. And they look through our purses. So, uh. yeah, I told them they were not allowed to take my narcotics. Those were mine, legally or illegally. Um, they were, they're, they're good boys and good girls that are watching, or ladies and gentlemen that are watching the court. They, there were far fewer today. I have to say, it was just ratcheted down a bit. I didn't get to talk to Victor. He was in the back, but I did see him. Talking to Paige, so Paige might have some scoop. Um, I talked so, to Victor. So yeah, I, I, so so I'm gonna. So my job this weekend, I'm gonna try to do this. Is I'm gonna try to put links to all the statements by name, so that we just have a page with them on there. I bet the GoldenStateKiller.com does the same thing because that site is great, and I don't know who runs it, but they're fabulous for putting these kinds of things up. So they also may have that posted, but I want to make sure. We just have a repository for them, so we can always go back and look at them, all of them, uh, and as we what, try to remember what was said or there was something important in that statement or whatever. And then I think folks are working on some way to publish them. I know I'm doing something with them, but it's completely different than what's going on around here. So um, there's definitely that table I showed you earlier. It's like some weird power table going on. So who knows what they're cooking up, which could be exciting. Jennifer, do you know um, any um, information as far as if there's any um, public forum or public forum, or if Victor has shared his contact information? Because myself and another woman would love to talk to him. So he's um, elusive, very elusive. I suspect there are people here today that might know how to contact him. I'm hoping as he calms down that there's going to be a way, you know, like I'll let him land his plane basically. And then I'll see if he can come in and be available or if he'll in some way, even if it's just a chat room, whatever, if he'll somehow make himself available. Because a lot of you guys, I know there's overlap and because you're, you share victimhood with him, could get yeah. information from him that would be helpful. So was Victor there today? He was, he was in the back. He was with Paige St. John, the reporter. Um, I, I, I would look, for any articles, I mean, they were talking, so maybe there's more coming from there. And Victor gave me his phone number. I mean, I'm if he uh, if he says I could share it with somebody, I'm happy to share it. Victor just seems like he's happy to talk with anybody who has any information, and he's really happy. He was just really happy to talk to all of us today and the other days. He feels a lot of support from us, and it's not over I, for him, now, is it? It's not over for him. Mm -mm. What part of the country does Victor live in? Northern California, Auburn, Plumas County, Sacramento. 
So just I, I, I spoke with Karen, who's on this call, and both of us were really, really interested to talk to him. And if any of you do know him um, and can just relate to him that he didn't have to apologize that oh maybe he was odd or unusual i think he was a really really smart guy and um you know he's very streetwise um and he has a veneer but he he is a very smart guy and i was yeah. riveted by his testimony i i, I want to say i don't know other parts that you might know that might change the color, but I, I really was very interested in what he had Let to me see. Say. Well, Susan, first of all, I can get you the number from Jim, so I'll do that. Okay. Um, Jen, keep me honest on that. And then uh, I need to go because I'm going to do champagne. Uh, I don't know what to do, but if there's free cake, I'm down because I've been a cake in 100 years. Uh, I will, again, I'm going to keep posting stuff. Everything's up that I have except for this one I'll put up. And then um, I, I just, this is good. I'm going to, I actually want to talk to you guys like later after we've all had time to just digest it and maybe I calm down a bit and maybe get sleep. So I am so happy to have gone on this journey with you. I'm so happy for everybody listening right now. I just, thank you for having us. It is, it is lifting like you can't believe. And um, there's even personal stuff I'll share with you guys later. Sorry. That's been very positive and exciting. We talked crap about you the other day. You got to see, uh, here's, here's Steve. Chris Pedretti. This is Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Steve. Chris's husband. Steve Hi. looks like he's having a great time. Just stick a straw in that, Steve. You're away. <laughs> Just another day, another Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so. this, this is what we do at the Pedretti house. <laughs> Dang, wish I were there. <laughs> you don't need a glass. Just yeah. stick a straw in that. It'll be fine. Do y'all have your cocktails? Yes. Happy hours. Have iced tea. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm much, much happier I am. I made pot roast. <laughs> someone, someone made a roast. I knew someone make a roast today. There's only oh. one of you. I'll bring all right. I'm going to sign off and go socialize. I love seeing all of you, and I will um, catch you after the weekend. Thanks, Bye, everybody. Bye, Jen. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye Jen.